You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Clayton's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 267. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A great show for you this week. Shane Lamas, the winner of Matt Grant's season of The Bachelor, is joining me this week. And she's joining me next week. It's so good, I split it up into two parts. So we will get to that momentarily. So basically what I did with Shane is when we recorded the, I recorded the full thing already. And it was about an hour and a half long. And the first 30 minutes were basically about her time on Matt's season. However, her life is pretty much way more interesting post-Bachelor because she was never on another show. Her and Matt literally lasted two months. And you'll get to hear about all that in this part one of the interview. Part two next week, I, I guess I could just say be ready. Because Shane has no filter. You'll notice that in the first 30 minutes in this in this week's podcast. She doesn't have much of a filter. And I love that about my guests. It's, you know, it's... I, I know that in recent podcasts, I haven't been able to get on, obviously, the contestants that are fresh off the show, the people that were just on Paradise, or the people that were just on Katie's season or Michelle's season. They're just not coming on this podcast because of restrictions put on to them by production. They don't want them dealing with me. And let's face it, if I did have them on, they're still only allowed to say so much because they are under contract. So when they do go on those other podcasts, yeah, they're revealing some stuff, but they're still under a tight contract. Someone like Shane, who hasn't been on the show in 12 years, she doesn't give a shit, and she'll let you know that. And it's almost more fun to talk to people like this because I know that she doesn't have any ties to the franchise anymore. She's never going to be on another show. I mean, just the reveal. I can't even remember if she does it, does it in this podcast or next week's, but just the reveal of what Mike Fleiss told her uh, once everything ended with Matt. It's it's great. It's Shane is a blast to listen to. One of my one of my new favorite podcast guests ever. And she will definitely be on again in the future. But yeah, this week, uh, this podcast today is just about her time on The Bachelor, on Matt Grant's season. Kind of how she got cast, what she was going through at the time. A a very big reveal on her end that I didn't know, and I'm sure everybody listening didn't know either. And it has to do with Gossip Girl, the television show. So we got that. And then we go through her season. We don't go through any of the dates because I couldn't remember one date from her season. But just the fact that, you know, Shane got down to the final two and her the final two girl, Chelsea Wansrath, she was on the podcast last year. And I don't know if you remember what Chelsea said, but I reveal uh, I I tell Shane some of the things that Chelsea said and she gives her reaction uh, to what Chelsea said. So it's really good stuff. And then next week, uh, you know, I don't know if you know Shane's backstory of who she ended up marrying eight hours after meeting them in Las Vegas and that whole relationship. And they went on couples therapy on VH1 and it's, it's wild. And, um, that's, that's next week. And I, I I wanted to save it for a separate podcast. 
one, because it's very good. And two, it's just tough to find another guest around the holidays at this time and whatnot. So this week, just Shane talking about her time on The Bachelor. Next week will be part two, talking about everything that's happened in her life post-Bachelor. As far as The Bachelor, as we know, Clayton season starts on Monday, and we're back to a normal schedule. I have my recaps on Tuesday, my reader emails on Wednesday, and podcasts on Thursday. And I am going to start TikTok next week. You can follow me on TikTok at RealitySteve20. Someone already has the Reality Steve moniker that barely does anything, so I'm seeing if I can get that somehow, get that and make that my TikTok account. If not, we'll just stay with Reality Steve 20. And like I said last week, it's just going to be an addition to, it doesn't mean, I'd like you all to follow me there, but it's not like I'm going to be giving information on TikTok that I'm not going to be giving on my podcast or in my column or on social media. It's just another outlet uh, to put stuff out there. If you're on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen Bachelor stuff pop up all the time. I'm probably going to be doing the same thing. I thought about it. It's probably just going to be me talking in front of a green screen, and it's the content is going to be the next episode's spoilers, which you already know. You have all your spoilers that are in um, that were on the podcast uh, number 265, two podcasts ago, or they're on my website under uh, under spoilers at the top of the page. Do the scroll down list, and it's Clayton spoilers. They're right there. So. But on a weekly basis, because most people, you know, every week, are they going to go back to my website and check? Oh, yeah, what's the uh, eliminations for this week? No, it'll all be right there. It'll be on my Instagram, and it'll now be on my TikTok starting next week. So you've got that to look forward to going forward. So that's that's that. Um, I think that there's some other stuff coming down the pipe. I'll let you know when, if and when it does happen. But, you know, talking to Shane and realizing it's – you really get a lot more out of contestants that have nothing to do with the show anymore because they have nothing to lose. They're not under contract with anything. Now, granted, I'm guessing a lot of you that are listening right now probably didn't even watch Matt Grant's season and don't even know who Shane is. But Shane is a former child actress. She's the daughter of Lorenzo Lamas. It's just she's had a lot go on in her life, and it's fascinating. And this week's podcast, really good. Uh, I loved hearing her tell her side of things in terms of what happened with Matt and what she thought of Matt and how it all came to be and what it was like dating Matt post-show, considering they only lasted two months. And then next week we get her post-Bachelor life. Marrying Nick Ritchie from thedirty.com eight hours after meeting him in Las Vegas, you know, and I don't know if you know this, and I don't even think I really knew this until I started to do my research on Shane. I didn't realize that her and Nick just got divorced in May. They were married. I mean, for someone who got married eight hours after meeting somebody at a Las Vegas chapel, they lasted 11 years and produced two children. So I'm sure back in 2010 or 11, whenever they got married, I'm sure I was making comments about, Jesus, what is she doing? And, you know, they made it work as long as they could. It might have been dysfunctional, and it might not have been the healthiest of marriages, as she'll get into next week. But they did make it work for as long as they could. And obviously you don't pray for divorce and you don't pray for bad things to happen. But, you know, 
we'll get into this a little bit more next week, and I'll give you a little disclaimer as we head into next week's podcast. But there are some things said on that podcast that I, I know people will probably have an issue with. And really all you have to remember is, and if you don't know and if you don't follow Nick Ritchie, that he was very vocal publicly towards Shane on social media. And said some things that are way worse than anything she says on the podcast next week. So just keep that in mind. But whew, let's get going. This is a good one. Podcast number 267. Okay, here she is. Uh, you saw her on Matt Grant's season of The Bachelor back in 2008. Uh, you've also seen her on Leave it to Lamas. She was on Couples Therapy. All things we'll get into in this podcast it is with my utmost pleasure that I introduce to you Shane Lamas. Shane, how are you? Hi, I am fabulous. How are you? I'm good. This is kind of weird because 2008 <laughs> reality Steve talking to Shane Lamas, I never would have thought it would ever be a thing. Really. <laughs> I know. To be honest, I mean, what is 2008? Like, how many years ago was that? That would like, be 13. 13 years ago. Okay, so it's not that long ago, but it's. I mean, it's a long time. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's, I mean, for you, I mean, the bachelor part of your life is so minuscule compared to your, your life is way more interesting post bachelor. Right. And we'll get into all that uh, a little bit later, but I want to start off by just going over the basics of the bachelor. How did you get cast on this show? Because Instagram is now, you know, casting producers and like people like that basically are reaching out to women and men on, on Instagram now and just, Hey, you know, do you want you, do you be interested in going on the show? There was none right. of that back then. So how did you get right. cast? Had you watched the show before? Uh, was it done through your agency? Cause I know you were, you know, an actress. How did, how did you right. get cast on that show? So, um, okay. So yes, I was a huge fan of the bachelor. Oh. I mean, we're talking like I, it, it's the only show that I religiously watched for, I mean, season after season. I, but it was, it, okay. The Bachelor now and the way I look at it is completely different than The Bachelor that I looked at it before I went on the show. Mm-hmm. It was like so, I would watch it and it just would be that real fantasy love, like what it really like was back in the day where you watched it and you're like, Oh my gosh, she can marry a prince. And, you know, I mean, it just all seemed so much more fairy tale and Prince charming esque. Now it's like, you know, it reminds me of Jerry Springer, you know, you, you like, they just ship them in, ship them out, ship them in. So it doesn't have that quality that it did in my eyes back in the day. So, but with that being said, I was a huge fan and, but I was also, I, I never imagined myself being like an actual contender on the show. I just loved watching the show. And, um, and I also was an actress and back in the day, you can't you couldn't cross pollinate like if you were an actress and you did reality that was like no go yeah um so it i it wasn't even a blimp in my like it wasn't even a thought you know i just loved the show um so cut to 
writer strike happened um, and Hollywood completely shuts down. And this was a period where I had just, uh, Blake Lively had just, um, she just got the role of uh, Gossip Girls and it was between her and I. So she got the role. So it was basically like I was just waiting for my next kind of big audition. And it was like my turn because, you know, in Hollywood, you kind of like you have to pay your dues by going to auditions. And then you kind of move up on the casting director's list and you move up and you move up. So I was like right there. Right. And that's all I had been doing, you know, since forever I was acting. And so. When the writer strike happened, it just kind of threw everything. We all, I don't know if you remember, but like the studio shut down. Everything was just no auditions. Nothing was going on. And this was for weeks and weeks. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And so here I am at the Grove in Los Angeles. And I'm sitting there eating with my um, other two girlfriends. And someone comes up to me and and puts their card in front of my face and says, um, give me a call, look at my card and give me a call. And I assumed it was like, you know, a psychic, you know, <laughs> you know, just trying to get me to come in. Like I didn't, I was like, Oh, okay. You know? And I looked down and on the card, it said casting director, ABC, the bachelor. And I laughed. I showed my friends. I'm like, Oh my God, look at this. You know? So, I kind of threw the card in my purse and we're in the store shopping in Nordstrom's and she comes up to me again, that the same casting director. And she's like, let me just ask you a question. And I'm like, okay, shoot. She's like, are you single? Just tell me if you're single. And I'm like, yes, I am single, but there is no way I am going to be on the bachelor. And she's like, why? And I said, because I'm an actress and I can't, I know that sounds so cliche, but like, we can't do reality. And she's like, just think about it, please. And she literally somehow coerced me to give her my cell phone number, which I did. And she literally called me three times a day for the, la for the next four days. And every time it was like, okay, so she finally got me to come in and talk to her. And um, she didn't, and she's like, we want you, we need you, this is, you know, da 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 and I'm like, look, I'm going to Hawaii, I don't have time to do all these tests, and she's like, oh, we have stations in Hawaii, because our last bachelor was in Hawaii, we'll send you to go do this, so that's how it literally happened, where I was, I was just kind of going with the flow of, like, because there's so many steps that you have to go through, that, you know, I just assumed one of them would fall through at some point or she would just get over it. You know what I mean? So I was entertaining it, but I wasn't really like, you know, I mean, some women submit applications and like, this is like just to get a phone call. You know what I mean? So yeah. long story short, I'm in Hawaii and there she's begging me to to go to this place to get like all these tests done and i was like if you send a car and the car takes me to where i need to go and brings me right back to my hotel so literally they did everything for me um 
because they just really wanted me. And they sold me on the fact that this is the best bachelor they've ever had. <laughs> and I was literally, we were stuck in the middle of nothing happening. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. I'm young. I've got nothing going on right now. You know, like, but I know in my mind, if I'm going to do this, like I'm, I, I'm not going to be sent home because that'll be even worse. So I, they literally, I did all the testing. I did all that. They, I threw dresses in a bag. This all happened within like a week. And um, they shuffled me off to this hotel in Calabasas. And they're like, okay, so this is your hotel room. You're going to stay in here for, you know, a day or two. Um, we're just waiting on some of your tests to come through and then you're cleared. So, um I guess they were waiting on like a herpes test, right? And which I had no idea. I and so the the nurse calls me in my hotel, um, and and she goes, "So your your herpes test came back, and you're you're good to go." And so a producer walks in and says, "So we have to go let uh, some girl from Ohio go because now you're taking her place." And so <laughs> it's like all this chaos, and I'm just like. For what? They just wanted, like, wow. Like, I, I just didn't understand. But I was like, okay, I guess I'm, you know, doing the show. So that was, that's wow. how it all started. Wow. I think the, I mean, I think the most fascinating part of that answer was the fact that I just found out that you were almost Serena Vanderwoodson on Gossip Girl. It's between you and yeah. Blake Lively? <laughs> really? Yep. Wow. I know. That would have been interesting. And then what if Blake Lively ended up doing uh, Bachelor in your place? I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm assuming at this point, did you not know The Bachelor was Matt until you got out of the limo? Oh, yeah. I mean, all the same rules applied to me after the fact. Like, they got me on and they rushed my passport and all these things that, but that was just casting, getting the right cast that they needed to do. After yeah. that, it was like I got – it's not like I got any special treatment. After that, I was just like the rest of them. Yes, I saw Matt through the limo, absolutely wanted to run. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, because when we pull up, you, you pull up and you're like in a limo with like four other girls. Yeah. It's not a limo on your own. Yeah. And it was pouring rain and – so I see Matt and he's so fucking tall and he just doesn't look like an American. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my God. Like what? I, this is not, no, this isn't going to work for me. Like it was the most amazing bachelor. And they have like living in another country. How is that going to work for me? And he just, you know, just by the looks, he just didn't seem like he just wouldn't be somebody I would be like, oh, my God, he is gorgeous. So you weren't into him at all, clearly. Not when I saw him, no, okay. through the window. OK, so I can't remember. Was your season filmed at the mansion that they currently yes. do it at? OK, so you did have the mansion. And so you find out that this guy's British and he's. You know, they just kind of plucked him out of, I don't even know how the hell they found Matt, but they did. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, you okay, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> well, I found all this out after the fact, but 
um, they found Matt. So Matt, so I don't know how they do it these days, but um, I don't know what went wrong with my season, but they completely just gave him a makeover. They found him in a bar in like downtown London. They redid his teeth. They gave him like, you know, said he had an apartment in London, said he was a banker. He was not a banker. He was a teller. Like he had no money. I mean, when ABC dropped him off at my place on the, the final night that it aired, we went out to sushi, to Sushi Dan, because it was right across the way from where I used to live. And it was like $40. And this was our first time being out in public. And he looks at me and he goes, do you mind if we, if you pick up this tab? Because I don't, you know, I don't have any money. And I'm like, wait, so you're telling me that I got us an apartment. I mean, okay, just this is what a, why a 21-year-old should not get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So it's just basically, so I remember calling Mike Fleiss and being like, who the fuck did you, like, who is this person? I fell in love with somebody completely different than who he actually is in real life. And, da, 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 and, Matt, and Mike's like, I'll make it up to you. And then that's how... You know, Mike's like, get rid of him and I'll get you a show for E. E wants to do a show. And then that's how Leave It to Lamas happened. Oh, okay. Well, that's certainly interesting. Um, yeah, well, we, we will get to that once we pass up uh, Bachelor stuff. But the, the makeover with Matt, I, I think that came out in one of the specials that they did that uh, Matt, they basically paid $15,000 for him to get his teeth redone. I, I do know yeah. that. Yeah, it was something along those lines. Okay, so... We don't but even, we, go ahead. during, but during like, okay. And I'm sure you've heard this over and over. There's the aspect of the no phones, the no contact you're put in a bubble. Yeah. So you, all your focus is basically this man mm -hmm. you're around women. So any attention from any man at that point is like, you know what I mean? It just, it, it's the way it's all kind of made the way it's made you feel. And then you, you start to fall in love with this guy and not even like realize it. And for me, it wasn't about the like competition part of it. It was just, I was more interested in like kind of because, okay. So I had come from an acting world, so I was used to the camera. So yeah. the camera in my face wasn't, an issue for me. I would be able to have a full normal conversation with Matt and even help him to kind of feel normal. So it's like we had that bond where when he was with me, he was able to really like be himself and not play up to this like bachelor thing. And, um, but everybody else thought I was there to become famous because I'm an actress. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Everybody kind of got just such a different, like Chelsea, for instance, you know, she just thinks that I am such like a, a, Holly, a Hollywood wannabe. And that's why I was there. And da, da, da. But in reality, it's like the cameras didn't even phase me. You know what I mean? If anything, I made friends with like the producers and the camera crew because like I that's just a world that I came from. So I was able to kind of just, you know, 
soak it all in as far as, wow, this is how reality television works. But I was myself. So they were threatened by the fact that I was blonde. I came from Hollywood. But they just all had such a different, they just didn't know me. You know what I mean? Did any of them try to befriend you? Did you get close with any of the women in the house or no? Um, I actually, I, yeah, I became friends with like, I'm still to this day friends with Amy Bean and um, who, who, like a few, a few of the girls on there, but none of them went to like the four dates. Yeah. Amy, Amy Bean, who ended up being a producer on the show. After right, right, right. Yeah. And Kelly and um, God, what's her name? Um, oh, I forgot her name. Anyways, a few of them. Yes. But none of them like the four that ended up going on the uh, the home dates. Yeah. Um, I was never close with any of them. They were all just so different. Yeah. You, Amanda and. Chelsea and, think, and Noel, yeah. And Noel, yeah. Good memory. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. I have it out in front of me. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, 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 if you would have asked me about Matt's Final Four, I could have easily named you Chelsea and Amanda. I totally blanked on Noel until I looked it up, but I knew that you, Amanda, and Chelsea were three of the Final Four. Yeah. 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 Chelsea was, she, you know, okay, because Matt was like a boy from like London you know, so she was more of like that tomboy thing for him. Yeah. I was more of like that fantasy American dream girl for Matt. And um, Amanda was just a sweet, normal girl. And then I don't know how same same thing. But yeah. um, Chelsea really got offended by the fact that he chose me. Because she just thought, and still probably to this day, thinks that I'm just such a different person than what I actually am. So her, she was just very offended when he chose me. And she just couldn't believe it. But it's like, I mean, I don't understand it. Because these people, I didn't get to know Chelsea. You know what I mean? Like, I was, we were vying for the same man. Like, I had no intentions of befriending these people um and so you know looking back on it a decade later it's like that's obviously she just didn't know who I was and you know and just assumed that I was this one person you know that I'm not well I had Chelsea on about a year ago sometime during the pandemic I had her on and um you know, we talked about your season and stuff like that. And her thing was, so you and Chelsea get to the final two. And her thing was, she basically told me that on her last date with him, he all but assured her that he was picking her. And then she thinks that someone got in his ear and made him pick you or that he was always going to pick you, but they just made him say things to her to make her think he was picking her. All she knows is after the last time she saw him, she was positive he was picking her based on his actions and his words to her on their mm-hmm. la- on their last date. So do you know anything about that or no? Yeah, so I want to say like okay, so I saw Matt the very last he I was the last one to actually see him before the next day. Yeah, I think she said and, that she had a date and then you had a date and then the next day was final rose ceremony. Yeah. Right. And so 
we talked at length, like about who he was, and this was off camera even, um, because the producers gave us some time to, to just kind of chat. I think I'm not going to lie. I really do think that production wise, they wanted Matt to choose me and she may, you know, be onto something there. I'm not even, you know, like I said, I'm a very honest and transparent person. Like it is what it is. So, but at the time I didn't know that. So, um, they give us like 15 minutes off camera and I just, I was just like, look, Matt, like, you know, what are you going to do? And I remember just saying that to him and he, he absolutely, and it broke my heart because I saw that he was torn and obviously it broke my heart because I wanted him to be like, what do you mean? Of course, 100%. I'm choosing you. Like, that's what I'm doing. But he didn't say that. He was very torn. And um, and we talked and we talked. And I almost became like, it almost became like I was helping him, like therapy-wise, to break down what he was torn about. And, he, you know, he said, with Chelsea... Uh, it sounds so cliche, but I feel one way. And with you, I feel another way, but he's like, you know, and and it basically just came down to the fact that he loved hanging out with Chelsea. There was no romantic, there wasn't anything romantic there, but he wanted to, he wanted to be her best friend. And he knew that the moment he chose me to be with me romantically, he was going to lose that friendship with her. And it just, and I, I just said to him, like, that's just the way it is. You're just going to have to accept that she'll never be your friends. Plus, if you choose me, I will never let you talk to her again. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and, you know, I just, so we left that night and I really, the next day I had no idea what he was going to choose at all Mm. because I really, I just didn't, I just didn't know. It's like, you know, is he going to go with somebody that he's, you know, best friends with, like they can go fly fishing with and shit, or is he going to, you know, be with, choose me like the true love. And, you know, he adores me and I adore him and, and he, called, you know and he I mean? calls you monkey. And he called me monkey. <laughs> God, that was terrible. <laughs> Do you know how many times he called you monkey during that? I, I just remember. That's the one thing that stuck out to me from your season is. No, I like to forget about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Okay. So yeah. he ends up picking you. You're, you're kind of surprised. Just like you said, going into the final day, you had no idea who he was going to pick. And he picks you. So obviously... You guys have to keep things while. And I will say, I will say that Mike Fleiss did tell me that night at the bar. He's like, you know, I was hoping he was going to pick Chelsea because I wanted you for our next Bachelorette. And I remember him saying that to me. And at the time, I was just like, you know, what do you mean? Like, because I was, I thought I was head over heels for Matt. You know, it's like, wouldn't you want us together? But now that I think about it, it's like I kind of wish he chose Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> you would have got your own show. I mean, outside of Leave It to Llamas. Maybe but, you know. I would have gotten, you know, maybe I would have found a, a sane human to marry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, without knowing them for eight hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. 
So, okay, so you guys get engaged, right? You guys got engaged, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you get engaged, mm-hmm. and then the show obviously hasn't started airing, and you got to have all these private meetups. Right. In, in those two months where you obviously get to know the person way more than you did when you're actually on the show because you barely get to see them when you're on the show, in those months while the show was airing and you were getting your private happy couple weekends and meetups mm-hmm. with Matt, how did that go? Did you start realizing, um, like, I'm not in love with this guy? Yes, it went very concerning. And but there was only because our we filmed and they turned it around pretty quickly. So it was basically I mean, it was very short. And since he's in London, we only had like we went to Palm Springs and we went to a house and there was maybe like two meetups. Okay, Mm. so we still but in those two meetups, I started to get a little concerned. There was a little concern that this guy is full of himself type of vibes. Like for instance, we'd be in the kitchen and he's like, he would just be watching the show that had previously aired the week before over and over and over again, like just watching himself. And you know, when ABC has a bachelor, you know, the PR and they promote the shit out of you and you're here, you're there. They, you know, and if you don't have a humble, attitude towards it it definitely can go to your head and to matt it went to his head like he was obsessed with himself with the whole he thought he was the next biggest greatest thing and you know i i find out that yes he wanted to be an actor the whole time and he had no plans on being a banker um but he was I, like, we were in the kitchen cooking dinner and he took this uh, spatula and he goes, I'm going to make a whole kitchen line and I'm going to make this the bachelor. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God. He's like, I'm going to put my face on the rubber part. Oh, my God. And this guy, he was being serious. I'm just like. Okay, maybe this will all die down and went once like it's over. Like I just wanted the season to be over so I can get to know like who this person was, but it never kind of died down for him. Like it it just he moved in and it all just went to shit. Like he parked on the wrong side of the road and I would come in and be like, "You're on the wrong side of the road, parked out front." And we, you know, what would you like for dinner? I'd really fancy some beef. Like we were just complete opposites. And then I would catch him going on dinners with like agents. And I'm like, wait, my family is trying to help you, you know, become a banker. And I mean, it's, it, it was just so, it wasn't going to work. Yeah, I didn't think it would. I think most people that watched didn't think it would. I think most people that watched were surprised that he picked you. Um, yeah. And I, then he I actually kicked him out and we were done because I get a phone call from one of my really good friends. Um, he owns Beso and he goes, hey, your uh, fiance is down here with some woman having drinks. And I'm like, excuse me. And Matt had told me that he had, you know, gone to the pub up the way uh, to meet up with some guys. And I said, he goes, yeah. I go, okay, I'm going to come. I'm coming. I, I threw on Ugg boots. I went through the back door of the kitchen and JT hands me this tray and he goes, they just ordered two martinis. I go, give me the tray. 
I take the tray and I go out and I go, oh, hello. And Matt goes, Shane. And I take the martini and I throw it in Matt's face. And I go, Matt, you need to get all of your shit out and you need to get out of my place. I never want to see you again. And this was before we did the, the final. The, so this is while the show the, was airing. The finale hadn't aired yet. Um, the finale had aired. This was. Oh, okay. He had moved in. This was this was before the final rose or the after whatever that ceremony is they do. No, that's what I meant. The after the, so the finale still hadn't aired yet because after the final rose was that's the last thing that the show airs is the after the final rose. Yes, so so the yes, exactly. So we went on the final rose and Matt somehow talked me into acting like we were still together. Oh. <laughs> So this we this were incident very much not together. This incident at Beso happened before the after the final rose. Yes. Happened. Okay. So <laughs> that's literally straight out of like a movie where somebody walks in and catches their boyfriend cheating and throws a drink in his face. Like I, yeah, I mean Matt thought that he could just come into my town and you know do all these things and I wasn't I wasn't going to be alerted. I mean, idiot. Hmm. So the after the final rose happens, you guys pretend you're together um and then once that's over and the show has aired and everything is out you guys didn't last very long i think it was like two months from the time the after the final rose happened yeah because we were done done before the final rose aired anyways okay so you never even tried to get back you never got back with him and then broke up again. no uh uh-uh nope i my whole thing was let's just peacefully go like like quietly go away like we'll give them the final rose we're happy and then done like we're done like i didn't want to do any publicity i didn't like i was so done with the bachelor and the whole franchise i just wanted to it just to just go away and so that's what we eventually that's what tried to do but matt wanted to become famous still and be out and about at the parties and like, you know, showing his face off that that's why people are like, wait, they're not together or da da da, you know? And I never just, I never just took interviews and would just talk about it. Like I just wanted nothing to do with it. Well, did he ever start seeing, I thought I remember seeing a story at the time he was seen out or went out with Holly. after. Oh yeah. So Holly, we were friends. We were good friends also. Holly and I, we remained good friends after. But I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he fucked everything. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I Yeah, but like he would go like he just became like when he still was here, like he just you know, there's the after the bachelor where all like the hanger honors kind of like ride out the storm for as long as they can. Like they'll go to any party they're invited to. They'll, you know what I mean? Or they'll hang out with other bachelorettes or whatever. Like I just wanted nothing to do with like the whole thing, yeah. you know? So he continued on that path of riding that wave. When I was just like done, so I wonder. I mean, outside of Holly, I wonder if he ever reconnected or ever like tried to get back with Chelsea or something. I know. Did singer. you? You should have asked that. I, I, you know what? I might have. I can't remember because it was over a year ago that Chelsea came on the podcast. Like I wonder, like because you would, but then again, it's like when he rewatched it, 
he would just be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I didn't pick her. So it's not like he was still had feelings for these people either. So I think like after you, I don't know, it's a very bubbly vibe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, like, does Chelsea still have these feelings for Matt? to this day i have no idea that would probably be an interesting question no she's she's certainly moved on uh with her life um she's been in a a few serious relationships and yeah she didn't seem to you know like you said it's very bubbly thing like when you're in there you think you're in love when it's more of probably a lust thing and yeah and not love and i think that's what chelsea felt obviously 12 years after the fact when i interview her no she's not pining over matt anymore yeah All right, that'll do it for part one of the Shane Lamas interview. Part two coming next week where we talk about everything that happened in her life post-Bachelor, which is a lot. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you didn't know, Shane Lamas married Nick Ritchie of The Dirty eight hours after meeting him in Las Vegas. And they were married up until May of 2021. So, and they have two kids, Press and Lion. And Press is their daughter, who is 10, and Lion is 5. But um, quite a journey that she has had, and you'll hear all that next week. But I hope you enjoyed part one. Some great stuff there. Interesting to note that now they turned her season around pretty quickly, but the fact that she only saw Matt on Happy Couple Visits twice before the finale, and you heard what she said, like, the more she got to know him, basically, the less she or what she realized uh, more about him and what she was getting into. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. Hope you all enjoyed that. And like I said, it's so much better almost to talk to people out of contract because they can say whatever they want. And I, you would never hear anybody fresh off Katie's season, Michelle's season, Paradise. You would never hear them say the things that Shane just said about the show and it's just it's just fact. So while the other podcasts are able to get those contestants and have them on, they don't really reveal too much dirt, you know. You do want to hear their thoughts and and stuff and yeah, I'd still I'd still like to have them on, but I know even if I was able to get it approved through ABC, I would never like whoever, Brandon, Nate, uh Rodney, any of those guys, like I'd I'd love to talk to them. But they can't, number one. They don't want to piss off the show. The show's not going to let them in the first place. And then the other thing is, I really even wouldn't be able to conduct the interview that I want to conduct because I know that they're under restraints. They can only say certain things. And that's what sucks. So I'm going to try and dig back into past seasons and get more people because after this Shane interview, it it opened my eyes to how much those people, and even the ones that I have had on the past, Chelsea was great. When Meredith came on, the things that she said. I mean, if you go back through 267 podcasts, when I've had on contestants that were from years ago, four, five, six seasons ago, ten seasons ago, whatever the case may be, they always seem to be more open and always seem to tell you stuff that you probably didn't know. I remember when Deanna came on. She was great. And... Because they have they have they have no ties to ABC anymore. They're not trying to stay in their good graces or try and get on Paradise and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, anybody have any suggestions you want to email to me? Go ahead. Of uh, people that I'm just blanking on or maybe not um, can't think of. I've reached out to people. Uh, I haven't heard back from some of them, but I reached out to. I remember Tessa 
from uh, who won Andy Baldwin season. I reached out to her on Facebook, never got a response, but you know, I don't even know if she saw it. I have no idea. Might have gone to her junk mail or whatever. But I have reached out to contestants in the past, and some respond and, and some don't. Shane um, was recently on um, Heather McDonald's podcast, Juicy Scoop, and someone gave me a heads up. I emailed Shane. She responded within 10 seconds. So it's hit or miss. You just never know. But uh, it was great having Shane on, literally one of my new favorite people in the world. And uh, you're really going to enjoy next week's podcast. But thank you to Shane for coming on and, and sharing all that with us, and we'll be hearing from more from her next week with part two of the interview. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Thank everybody. Thank you all for listening in 2021 and have been listening since 2016 when this podcast started. We're a little over five years now from when we started this thing. It's crazy. It's going to keep going. I appreciate you all. I hope you all had a great 2021. Looking forward to a better 2022. So for Shane Lamas, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week and a new year.